Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. RDTN is a show with two longtime friends that talk about board games, card games, and anything else that grabs their attention. Squirrel! Here are your hosts, the Waldorf and Statler of board gaming podcasts, Marty and Tony. Hey, and welcome to 2015 Rolling Dice and Taking Names. I'm Tony. And this is Marty. And we are a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and this is episode number 56, Reminiscing. Are we on like a little river band kick here? We did happy anniversary a couple episodes ago. Well, I took, you know, the uh, recommendation that someone gave us and said, hey, well, I'll just go with it. I had I forget what I had originally put here. So I just, oh, I know what it was. See if you can figure out why I did this one. I had Beat It by Michael Jackson. Beat It. Beat It. Does it have to do with the title? Yeah, it has to do with the title. It has to do with 2015. It has to do with... Um, oh, we're going we're gonna to beat what we did in 2014? Well, that was one of them. The other one was, that was the main song from um, Back to the Future 2. It was? Oh, Back to the Future 2. 2, Oh, yes. so that's kind of interesting. So here's the deal. So this yeah. is 2015 when uh, everything takes place in Back to the Future 2, right? Yep. So none of my kids have seen um, any of the Back to the Futures. So I said, this is the year. This is the perfect year for them to watch all three movies. I'm sorry. For what? For them having to watch all three of them. They could have stopped at one. No, I totally agree. But it's just kind of cool. It's like, hey, kids, when I was young and saw Back to the Future 2, I couldn't imagine 2015, and it's 2015. I know. Don't you feel old? I do feel old. I, I'm, I'm wanting a hoverboard and Mr. Fusion. That's all I want this year. Oh, yeah. Mr. Fusion would be awesome. and then the, Or just hover tires, you know? Oh, that would be sweet, too. Yeah, I mean, we can't even, for 25 years, we can't even get a belt line around the city that we live in, let alone you know, a hoverboard, but hoverboards are, or shoes that automatically, um, tie themselves or clothes that dry. Yes. Oh man. See, there were so many great inventions in that movie and like none of them came true. Didn't the Cubs win the world series? Uh, Oh, I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. Is that what happened that year? I can't remember. It's one of those. That's it. So it was future. They were playing, making a play. And, and you know, it's sad between the time that movie was filmed and now the Cubs still haven't won a World Series. <laughs> well, well, from the time um, near the last turn of the century, it's been, what, 100 years, hasn't it? Yeah. 1916 or something like that. Yeah, So, but do you think the filmmakers realized what the, you know, they were saying, oh, by then, I'm sure they will have won. No, not happening. Oh, okay, here's something else interesting since you uh, brought it in the movie. It's been as much time from now to Phantom of the Menace as it was from Phantom to the Menace uh, to Return of the Empire. Return of the Empire. Wow, Marty. Return of the Jedi. Say what? So the distance, the difference in years between when Return of the Jedi released and Phantom Menace okay. is now the same amount of years from when Phantom Menace was released and now. That's how long it's been. Oh, man. Really? Yep. Wow. I did not realize that. Here, the one that really freaked me out last year was that last year, Ralph Macchio was the same age as Mr. Miyagi was when he filmed Karate Kid. Okay, we'll just let that pause for effect there. Wow, man. Uh-huh. It, time just marches on, and we're part of it, so that's pretty cool. I did. It does. I'm trying to stop it. It won't. 
No, it's not going to, man. Let me let me tell you. And well, right now we're right in the middle of a big deep freeze here in the South. I know it's nothing compared with everybody else. So when everybody hears this, we hopefully will have recovered from it. So it's cold out there, man. So perfect time to stay inside and play some board games. Oh yeah, and there's like luckily there's no precipitation or anything, so it's all just cold. Just cold makes my life hard, but that's okay. That's that's what we get paid the money to go do. I was reading the Facebook comments um, from what we've had to post lately. It's, yeah, everybody, bring on more solar generation. Bring on more solar generation. Uh, people, you're going to use the most power between 6 and 7 a.m. There's no sun. It's whole, It's just so funny. It just gets me every time, Marty. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. It's another energy kick from Tony. Hey, I'll just, hey, go play Power Grid. You'll understand what I mean. So this show... Here's what we're going to do, guys. Plain and simple. All right. It's another excellent segue by me. 2014, we're going to go back and we're going to review how 2014 went. We're going to talk a little bit about BG, our BGG stats, what games we played, what we enjoyed, um, things like that. If you haven't checked out Marty's um, video on the top three, eh, or meh, or whatever you want to call it, I don't know. Uh, what did you call that? Meh? Meh. Meh. You know how people wouldn't say it's like, eh, it's okay. They, yeah. they type it out in MEH, so... Man, I am so bad at this. So we get, so go check those out. And then we also got a little um, talk about an upcoming Kickstarter, something we don't do very often, but uh, Marty had the opportunity. You should check him out another video. He has become the video king. I had a lot of free time over the holidays. So, yes, I decided to pull out the camera and have some fun. And I did the whole top three and videos uh, because everybody was doing their, like, top videos of 2014. Mm -hmm. And it's like nobody cares about what my top ones are. So I, say, I say top videos, top games of 2014. And it's like, everybody does that. So, so let me just come up with a different list. And I thought, well, how about three very popular games that I was excited to try, but came away going, eh, it was okay. Let's see if I remember them all. Um, hey, 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 hey. Do, 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 no, what, 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 what? They need to go watch it if they want to know what they are. Oh, okay. I'll let them go watch it. I know I didn't play any of the ones you mentioned, so it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Three of the most popular games, and you hadn't played a one of them. That's what my 2014 just, I just summed up my 2014 for everybody. And yeah. you you co-host a board game show, and we're supposed to be on top of this because people want to hear about the latest and greatest. I'm just a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to it. It was not a good year for gaming, so we'll go into that. And we also got that, Kickstarter news, and... um. Oh, crud. What was the other thing on the notes? What were we going to do? That was it. It was going to be talking about uh, Tiny Epic Galaxies uh, and just a 2014 year in review. Wow. Okay. That works for me. I thought, man, that's going to be a short show, but we can make it go on. Oh, well, we got. Well, I also want to talk about... See, this is the first time you and I have talked since the last time we recorded. Oh, oh yeah. The, the holidays. What we did over the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that probably went over the holidays because you go away and I'm... Well, I don't know. By some of the games that you tweeted, I don't know that I'm excited about hearing about any of these, but I guess go ahead. But it's something that we can talk about because of what I have to do versus what you get to do. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. You know, so, so do you want to go, so what do you want to start with? You want to flip a coin, pick something, go with it, or do you just, whatever? Oh, the games I played over the holidays, most of them I played before, just typical basic stuff. I had family over. We did the Sheriff of Nottingham and the Diamonds and the Red Seven and stuff. But I did get to play one game I've never played before, but I always wanted to. I got uh, with some of our local gaming friends, and I got to play the Game of Thrones board game by Fantasy Flight Games. Right. Now, this is a game I'd always been interested in, but always was somewhat intimidated by it because it's a long game. 
It's three to four hours long. Um, we have six players playing, and it's an area control game. So there's two strikes I would put against it right at the top. A very long game that's area control because I'm not a big area control fan. But I must say that I enjoyed my time playing this game. And it wow. was probably uh, part of the reason why is the group you play with. I can see where uh, this game and area control, it's so, it's, so it's Game of Thrones, right? So you have the, a map of, I was going to say Middle Earth, but that's not right. What's the area? Restoros? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, a map of Westeros, and each of you play a family like Lannister Stark, etc. So you have a certain area of the map that you start out on, and you try to grow your influence over the map and basically try to take over land, right? So uh, in that way, it's, it's riskish, small worldish, or whatever. So that's why I went, I don't know about this. And then there's this thing where, you know, you can like, hey, if you don't come mess with me, I won't come against you. And then people can stab each other in the back. Luckily, that didn't happen in our group, which was really cool because I can understand where if you play with a bunch of people that were like that, it's like, hey, Marty, I'm going to be there by your side. And the next turn, he stabs you in the back and takes all your land away. That would just kind of ruin the experience for me. But everybody was really cool. And it's like just kind of played. And if you attack somebody, it was like, well, that's that makes sense. It was expected. So. That part of it, I really enjoyed. The length of it actually flew by. Uh, I really kind of I like the game in the fact that you have um, uh, tokens that you put down of things that you're going to do on your turn. Like you put them in spaces where you have some of your armies or whatever. And then you flip over and it tells what you're going to do. Maybe attack somebody, beef up defense, move or whatever like that. So I like that mechanic of everybody putting out their tokens. And Is then it, whoa, 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 time, time, time. Is this like our Starcraft where you put out spiky grass and stuff like that? It is. Ooh. It is, yeah. It, it, I, that's that's a great comparison. If him, uh, of course, a lot, probably a lot of people have never played StarCraft, but yeah, it's the same sort of deal where uh, you have these action tokens, you put them face down, flip them up, and then you resolve them. And then there's this whole mechanic of there's these different uh, ranks that you can bid on, like uh, influence or. Uh, you get bonus if you fight or whatever, or like turn order. And so there's certain times in the game where you'll spend, and I can't remember what it was, money, some sort of currency that you had that you build up over time, and you bid, and then it's a blind bid, and whoever bids the most gets the highest in that track or whatever. So it's really kind of a unique game. And and, uh, the people that I play with said, you really need to play with six because it's the most balanced that way. Uh, But they also said... Uh, there was some sort of campaign mode or something like that where you could play with like four people, but it's definitely one of those that even though it was long, I would sit down and play again. You were, okay. So when you say long, but okay, you've played the twilight been a while. Since it then. wasn't that long. All right. But most of the games, I mean, when you think about the normal game night or board game night, when you go to do that, that's seven to 10 usually in the evening. So that's three hours. So not much longer. It's not, but you know, typically we try to, fit in a couple games in that time period and this would have, this would take up the whole night okay were the rules easy to pick up they they really were the person who taught them did a really good job oh another nice thing you would think with six players in that long there'd be a lot of downtime but it's not because you kind of you you take uh, you flip over all your tokens right and then you resolve one token in in order so like you resolve all these particular tokens first everybody takes a turn you resolve these tokens everybody takes a turn so there's not it's not like you're waiting on five people to do something before you get to go Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there wasn't a lot of downtime and I thought there would have been with that many people so um, yeah so I'm going to be going to Scarab uh, in a couple of weeks down in uh, Columbia South Carolina and I think the plan is to play it again there oh that's cool and that's uh, if I remember correctly, that's the weekend of January 16th through the 19th or something like that that's correct okay see you didn't think I know that did you no I knew you did because you you want to go and you won't go well yeah 
anyway, moving on, we're not going to go into what I want and what I can't, but we'll just keep going. So you enjoyed that. Um, you didn't get to do Did y'all play anything else other than the typical sheriff? I, I know you, we talked about your sister not understanding. What was it? Oh, Red 7. Red 7. Yeah, no, like I said, other stuff I'd already played, Cosmic Encounter and stuff like that. So I got a good breadth of games, but that was the the new one I really wanted to talk about. So what exciting stuff did you play? Phase 10. I don't even know what that is. Oh, good gosh. Oh, I wish I didn't. So, yeah, I tweeted out, and did you see what Rodney uh, from Watch It Play tweeted? No! I, I saw he was picking on you about it for some reason. Well, it's a... Phase 10 is a... Uh, what do you call those games by mass market producers and that crappy? Okay, and I'll go with that. I'll live. I'll own that. And but it's a game my my wife loves. It's a simple game. It's um where you're trying. Everybody at the table is trying to get certain s- collection of sets. Either a run of three and a run of uh, two runs of three, then a run of three and a set of four, and and you go through ten of these f- ten phases. <laughs> Imagine that. And you're doing that. Oh, I get like Red 7, Phase 10. Phase 10, exactly. And whoever completes Phase 10 is the winner. But you keep score as well. But score doesn't matter. Points don't matter? Points don't matter unless there's a tie. And then points do matter. But I will play the game. I like it better than another game she likes. And um, I like the fact that you can skip people in this game. But it is purely a... Look at the discard pile or draw pile. You pick one. You hope you get it, and you hope that your um, hand that you start out is close to what you need to complete for your phase. Because if it's not, then you start throwing stuff off. That's the game. That's all there is to it. And, yeah, um, uh, you, you got to play games that the other people are wanting to play. Like, you know, they, they, they enjoy sequence. So we, we, we played sequence. I know you've never played sequence. I have. You have? Okay. Uh, you talked to me once, yeah. Once, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, that's what they enjoy. And then mm-hmm. I enjoy Opashaw. I'll always enjoy playing Opashaw. We played Diamonds once, of course, and we've talked about Diamonds pretty much, but we only got to play that once because certain people at the table, which is for a future show discussion, don't like the aspect of having to take other people's Diamonds. Really? I know, yeah. Really? You mean, I, I can tell you two people who don't mind doing that right off the bat. Oh, I do too. I, I can watch a whole video of that. <laughs> so, um, but no, these the other people did not want to take the, the diamonds. It was they just feel it's to me. Oh, that's that's odd because you know Vanessa's not a big controversial type player. My wife, but she, that, that doesn't bother her at all. It's part of the game. Yeah. And and it's not one of those. Well, does Vanessa sit there and say, "Okay, I took for this person last time, and this person last time, and this person last time"? Um, I think she did at the beginning, but I think she realized she probably need to go out the person she thought was now in first place. And, and my one neighbor, he won, walked away with it because he had a fistful of diamonds. And so mm-hmm. when we were playing, he was able to quickly. Um, he was throwing off diamonds while the rest of us were stuck with no diamonds and had to throw the other suits. And he was just kept boom, boom, boom. So probably in one hand, he netted 16 points because he got eight diamonds behind the vault. It was ridiculous. And I was like, and I was sitting there watching. I'm like, game's over. That's unreal. So, and then of course we played, um, camel up, got to play that. Yeah. So how is that game? And never played it. Never played. Okay. It is true what they are saying. The, um, pyramid dice shaky thing is a gimmick. Yes, everybody loves doing that. I'm, I'm not sure what that is. All right, so 
the game comes with this pyramid that you got to make and follow the instructions. Don't break the rubber band. So you fold up the pyramid and it forms a dice shaker. That's okay. got that's got a little lever on it, and you push the little. So you shake up the dice inside of it, and then you flip the pyramid up on its uh, top, push the lever, and out pops a dice. It poops a dice. So it does that, and that's the gimmick. Everybody loves that. So if you haven't played Camel Up, it's basically you're betting on five camels on who's going to finish first, who's going to finish last, and how they're going to finish during the race during certain legs of the race. Legs of the race occur when you when all the dice are drawn from the pyramid, okay? And the camels can stack up, stack up on one another, and depending on who's the top camel is the number one camel, and who's ever, what's like if you have three camels stacked and they're all three sitting on the lead space, the camel on top is the lead camel. All right, that's great. The betting and strategy of it is... I got very mixed reviews. Everybody loved playing it. They really enjoyed playing it. They thought it was a cute game. They loved the dice shaker. Some people didn't get any strategy out of it. Other people just said, this game makes no sense. And other people were like, wow, we really loved it. But everybody loved playing it from the standpoint of they got to shake the pyramid and poop out a dice. Well, that, well, that's that's cool. I mean, I mean, did you like it? I enjoyed it. I mean, it's a quick filler game after uh, you get it set up and everything. And I think there's a little bit more strategy um, with a smaller group. We are always played with six. And so there's five camels. And as soon as the fifth camel's dice is done, then the leg's over. So the sixth person may not have gotten to do something. Oh, that's no good. So that's kind of a downfall. If everybody decides we're going to roll dice, I think there's – and so – that's not a good. There's six or five. Who knows? It's over there in the in the in the thingy where all the other games are. But either way, so that was one of the downfalls. So I think more play or less players would make it more fun. But it is. It's a cute game. It's a very easy game, in my opinion, for um, younger kids to play. Now I would like to break here and say that the lighting in your room right now is really weird. It's like it's you've got light on one side of your face and it's dark on the other. And have you ever seen the uh, video from the police, Every Breath You Take, where they only light up one half of your face? That's what it looks like. Let's see if I can make it even less freaky. No, that's okay. It was just kind of, it just remind me. And now I've got the song in my head now. So Every breath. Anyway, so there we go. We got it back. Um, but that, that was Camel Up. And I can't think of any other... Um, I, every, oh goodness tons of red seven star realms all that was played i'm trying to think of any other games that they um wanted to play that um oh we played among the stars a couple of times um, i really want to play that again i've only got to play it once yeah it's really good uh did you get the expansions i got one of them i did not get the ambassadors i got the one that takes it to six players and that really adds a lot because you're did you see to, that game was on sale dirt cheap on amazon last week it was like 29 dollars. what the, the base game yep yeah it's, uh, I think they, uh, nothing against Stronghold, but they may be overproduced a little bit. And there wasn't the ramp that everybody thought there would be because of how great that game is. So, and then also, you know, you got Babel for Seven Wonders. So maybe everybody's gone back to that. Who knows? Well, you no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it was on sale because they were trying to get rid of them. I'm just saying it was on sale and it was a good deal. I mean, Amazon always runs good deals on different games. See, uh, I always think when they put them on sale, they're trying to get rid of it. Like I know you always think that, and I don't know why. Well, uh, recently, Miniature Market ran um, Doomtown for dirt cheap. But it's not. I don't think it's because it was not popular. Oh, that's true. And man, it may have been because it was popular. Well, I know they sold out of Arcadia Quest before I could go get one. I really was thinking about that. Oh, did, was it like 47 bucks? Yes. That's insane. 
I was like, oh, I need, when I get to work, I need to do that and completely forgot, completely forgot and sold out. Yeah. Like, oh. That, that would have been a, that's a good, that's if a f- nobody has, if people haven't played Arcade Quest, that's a fun co-op game. Uh, was it PVPVE? Yeah, that's, I said co-op. That's not true. Uh, yeah. PVP, PVE. It's, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's, and it does feel like it's a dungeon it's crawler with little quests you must solve. And it's easy. It's simple. Except when everybody decides to attack me, then it's not that much fun. That was between you and Suzanne. Rodney and I well, were happy on the other side of the board messing around. <laughs> I don't even remember who won that game. I just know it wasn't me. So otherwise, I don't really care. Rodney. Well, of course. Of course. So anyway, so that's going on. Uh, that's really what we got to do, a little disc golf and all that. So that was the vacation. I love that vacation. Yeah, sp- uh, speaking of which, uh, yeah. disc golf. So we, you had tweeted that, and a lot of people had an interest in disc golf. And I had meant to tweet out the game that I had said uh, that we got. It's called Ripped. In fact, I've got it right here. It's yeah. Ripped Revenge. Mm-hmm. And we met the uh, designer of this game. Uh, he came to... Uh, mace in november and gave 29 copies if anybody plays disc golf here, here's the premise it's a deck of cards and as you play disc golf you uh, there's some rules in here where you like you draw a card or something and you do must do what's on the card like maybe it says throw overhanded or throw with uh throw with your opposite hand and uh you and i tony when it warms up you we need to go try this and see what we think of it because I, I think this is really cool they built a game around the sport of disc golf i got a copy and took it and we didn't play it. We left it. So I haven't played it yet either. Oh, okay. So yeah. So it's by K and A Games. K N A. The three letters. And it's also sold by Innova. If anybody's interested in it. So it's ripped. R I P T. Revenge. If anybody plays disc golf, you might want to check it out. And we'll play it this spring or when it warms up, and we'll let you know how it is. Hey, I was playing in the winter. We can go out there anytime you want. I still stink. It's too cold right now. Oh, come on, Wilson. Here we are, early 2015, and 2014 was a great year for gaming, and as such, just like every show and every other video, everybody does their top 10 games of 2014, we're going to take a look back at our 2014, talk about some of the highlights from games from uh, our year, and some of the things that, stats and stuff that we collected on uh, BGGCon now, our BGG website. So Tony, you were good about entering stuff this year because 2013, I don't think you did that a lot. No, I didn't. In 2014, I thought I was good, Marty. I thought I was. But when you pull up the stats, it's amazing how much you don't do, how much you just suddenly forget. So I went out and downloaded an Android app for my phone for BGG to enter my plays to help me you know, to help me record those for 2015. So I'm going to be even more diligent. But still, you know, I look at back at it and According to this, you know, I got close to 250 plays, which surprises me. Now, you killed me in number of plays, especially. I, what happened to me in September? I only played three games. Did I fall off the face of the earth? Well, here, here's the thing. I, I'm the same way. So I was like, I try to be diligent, and I look over the numbers, and I'm like, that's not right. I know I played that game more than once. You know, sort of deal is I'm looking back over the list. So I wasn't as diligent as, as what I should have been either. What was my total number of games? I didn't add it up. You play 265, which is, you know, a decent amount of games, but, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you were the 250, I was only 160, but when you compare it to people like Rhiannon, who played 991, we're slackers. She has no life. Yeah, but 
I mean, like I said, September, three games. November, I played 30. I'm like, whoo, and that's because of BGG. She played 107, yet she worked the entire time. I, how? How? She's cheating. That has to be it. Now, now, for those who don't know, on BGG, it's kind of neat. You can go and go to your played games under your name, You know, click on the number of played. If you have a user's name, go up in the URL and type it in. You can see how many they played as well, and that's a great way to lurk i guess but anyway yeah <laughs> yes i feel like I'm, I'm like spying on somebody else by doing that though yeah but that's all right so anyway so what do you think was your number one game you played in 2014 well, i know what it was it was according to the stats it was it was netrunner which is no surprise right um because you and i were you know uh, we get together during lunch and we play card games and at the time we were playing a lot of netrunner so we were doing that maybe once a week and then uh tournaments and stuff and the thing is, though, looking at the, the top four items on my list, they're all those types of games, mm-hmm. uh, meaning they're the quick, maybe we play at lunch type games, uh, Netrunner, Star Realms, the actual card game, I didn't count the app games, uh, Marvel Dice Masters, and even though it's brand new i've been playing a lot of warhammer 40k conquest so i almost want to throw those out of the stats because those are card games and not board games kind of but anyway that's that's where i stood on the top four what about you i'm with you there as far as the card games of course netrunner and all but the surprising one and i didn't realize it and and you kind of can make fun of me here but ticket to ride ticket to ride i played more than um, even pandemic which i guess with my gaming group that makes sense played it a lot no i wouldn't make fun of you at all in fact i'm kind of sad i'm looking at my list i didn't play ticket to ride once this year which is usually my gateway game which means i'm not doing a good job bringing people into the gaming community i'm just able to play with people at the house who like the game so what can i say what's interesting number five though is a as a newer game that i recently just got like in November, uh, December, Red 7. Oh, I know what it is. That's the game I've been using to uh, play with uh, non-gamers. Over the holidays, I played a lot of Red 7. Yeah, and me too. That and the fact that we kept playing it at BGGCon. That, that helped us a lot. Oh, that's true. What was your number one board game? My number one ga- board game was Ticket to Ride and then Pandemic. Oh, duh. You just said that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's Saturday morning and I'm not awake yet. So my number one game I'm kind of surprised at was Bruges. And I'm surprised because I don't even own the game. And that was my number one board game I played. Well, it was the game you were enjoying the most. It was like you, you love that game and you still don't have still don't have the game and you haven't played the expansion, right? No, I have played the expansion. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. And this and it's like... um Lords of Waterdeep, I will not play this game without the expansion because I like the expansion that much and it adds enough to it to make it different. Okay. So aside from what we played in 2014, no big surprises on here. I mean, a lot of onesies and twosies, a lot of games you didn't go back and play again. So I don't know. I mean, some of these games, like you played Guillotine. I didn't know you played Guillotine. Uh, yes, and I don't even remember where. It's just funny. I look at our list compared to one another. and There were a ton of games that you played onesies over. And I'm like, really? You played Libertalia? You played, uh, I, I didn't even play Lords of Waterdeep in 2014. Really? You never, well, you never come over to our, anybody's game nights. I know. I'm, I'm such a recluse. What can I say? So, and then, but next year, I'm, when you get your copy of Mysterium, can't wait to be playing that all the time. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. You don't? Really? No, I think it's a fantastic game. And because it's so popular, somebody else will buy it. Why do I need to? There you go. Boy, we are just like, what's a fish on a shark? <laughs> scavenger? Yeah, we're a scavenger. I forget what the name of the fish is, or on a whale. So, what can I say? Hey, well, it's like, uh, why not? You know, if they're going to have it. Well, for prime example. Squirrel! Uh, uh, Imperial Assault. 
I now know two people locally that have it. Now, why do I need to go buy it? Who, who got it besides Mark? Uh, another one of our friends, Todd. Oh, wow. Oh, of course. Mr. Star Wars. What can I say? Yep. So there's a, there's a couple of people that hopefully we can hook up. Of course, it's funny. They'll probably listen to this podcast and never invite us over to those games. It's like, you're not going to scavenge off me. Go buy your own copy. Well, how are you going to get to, I mean, is that a game the family would play? I mean, you and I both played it. And I know from, from my side of it, no, because of, you've got the one guy against the many. That's not going to do unless I'm always that one guy. So what about your house? Yeah, well, I, I'm the same way. So I wouldn't always want to be the guy, the overlord, or whatever it's called in this game, to, to run the game. And so it probably – well, Descent. I think Descent's a fantastic game. It didn't get a lot of play for that reason. We enjoyed it, but I got tired of being the overlord, so then I started collecting dust, and I sold it. And I think that's what scares me about Imperial Salt. But now we're going into Imperial Salt and not staying back to our 2014. That was our first Squirrel of the episode. Yeah, Squirrel of the episode. So – what in 2014 what game surprised you let's not do our best of 2014 they can go listen to the dice tower for that what we thought of all that but it does anything jump out at you well it's funny i'm not doing a list of best of but i will uh highlight a few things in, in various categories uh like number number one because i'm writing them down so i don't forget them. my number one ameritrash game by far and this one even close dead of winter uh that's a game that i, I played a lot uh, looking at the list uh, a game i still love to pull to the table and and these games i'm looking at that i wrote down are games that's like i want to bring that to the table and play again there are some games i played that were like oh that's really good but i'm not itching to play it again and i'll mm-hmm. talk about some of those too so my number one ameritrash uh happened to be dead of winter i enjoyed playing that game to the point where i'm not since i'm not making it a game night um i need to pick that up because that, that's a good game that's a fun game it is. And is it something you think? Uh, yes. See, <laughs> Tony and I refer to like his group because he never games with me. In this sad, we have a podcast together and he never comes and plays games with me. He just plays with his family and neighbors. And it's all because of timing. Hopefully, hopefully 15. That's a, that's another that's another resolution. Go out there. Resolution. Is that right? Make a resolution. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Resolution's not a verb. It's not a revolution. It's a resolution. Yeah. Resolution. Couldn't tell. I've been up since 4 a.m. two days in a row, but that's all right. Yes, that, that's another thing is try to find more time for that and, and figure out how I can get to the table more often, especially not only here but over at your place because you've got a sweet, sweet setup over there, just the food alone. So, <laughs> Well, that's because of Vanessa. So. Yes. So Dead of Winter, yeah, I agree with that. You know, And for me, I, no, no game, I think, Marty, other than Diamonds, really jumped out. I thought Doomtown would be – my, the 2014 card game for me it's not not maybe it's not because you and i aren't playing it but it just didn't i thought it was going to grab me it had the theme i liked and it and i wanted it to grab me and it just did not grab me and i don't know why yet so were, you're just looking at uh the card games not like diamonds red seven but the lcg-ish type things that would you yeah, but I'm thinking overall, just games in general for 2014. What, oh, oh, you know what? What games try to grab me? What games did anything in 2014? Even though it was a banner year in the holidays, I mean, holidays great. Even though it was a banner year for the 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 game gaming community, there's the words. What grabbed me? And I'm trying to think. All this good stuff came out. You know, Dead of Winter. Yeah, that grabbed me. But what else? And, I, and that's what's sad. Has it's only been a week into 2015, and have I already forgotten all about it? Well, that's why we look at these lists, right? You pull them down and try to remember uh, things that you played um, over the year that you really liked. Like uh, a game I 
played a lot of uh, several times was Concordia. I really dug that game. I don't know if you ever got a chance to play that one. I think that's a fun little deck building mechanism type game that I tend to like a lot. You know what? Looking at uh, like party type games, One Night Ultimate Werewolf has replaced uh, Werewolf for us in, in that uh uh, facet we didn't play i know you can't stand resistance but even here even though i like resistance we didn't play a lot of it a uh, werewolf always tended to be our kind of go-to game but one night werewolf has now replaced that so that one stood out for me as far as a party type game mm-hmm. I, I don't have any <laughs> and um, i see what you're saying with doomtown and i remember when doomtown was mentioned um you were all over it because you you did dig the theme and i thought okay well i'll, I'll jump in because you you were into it and I jumped in hard because I bought that stupid premium edition. But anyway, but it had, it, but it had the promise. It had, it had a unique concept and all. But it just 2014. Why didn't it materialize? Well, it's a, it's, it's a good game. Yeah. Um, I, I know that uh, some of our local friends are asking: Is, is the, our local store going to run another tournament? Because at our last tournament that we did, they only had three people show up. And then, like uh, this past week, I went to the Warhammer 40k Conquest tournament. We had eight show up. So I don't know. Is, does that mean that's a more popular game, or there were just want many participants? So I, when it comes to card games, especially those two uh, in our area, I think I'm still waiting to see which one's going to settle out as the one people are going to play. Um, that, I think that was tough as far as comparing p- card games of 2014, especially the LCG type things, because those two came out at the exact same time and competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know, but. Still, I thought, oh, look, here's a new thing. Oh, new concept. Let me ask you this as far as uh, 2014. Which would you use to introduce new gamers? Because I was uh, thinking about this last night uh, as I was coming up with ideas for the show. Uh, will you? Do you like Red 7 over teaching people a game or uh, Diamonds? It would be Diamonds. And I'm the other way. I think I'm Red 7. I don't know what it is. and I don't know if it's the... I just To think about it, I just taught Diamonds last night and... The crowd. I, I think it's going to depend on the crowd. I really do because I, there would have been no way I could have gotten away with Red Seven so much because of if, if they're having problems with the concept of, and this is just with everybody. What do I do with this diamond? And they finally get that mechanic. There's only four mechanics, and then you think of Red Seven. Okay, I've got the mechanic of you know, a lot of strategy in there. You know, some people lock down on red seven in the strategy. They, they can't see it or they get really upset when they get knocked out in the first round. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm thinking diamonds would be the game for me to try to teach because you're, you're constantly in play. You're not getting knocked out. So here, here's a different game. Here's a different style of game. You enjoy cards. Everybody loves cards. Bam. I'd throw diamonds out there. Plus it's got little cute diamonds. And okay. Here's the reason why I think I was thinking red seven uh, was because one, it plays more than four people. And I think it's easier to get to the table because there's not the diamonds and there's not the little shield and the fact that I can just kind of pull it out of my pocket. Here, let me teach you a game. Okay, diamonds play six people. Okay, let's just scrap that statement. Yeah, you're right. I totally forgot. I guess I'm sitting there thinking, I like it with four because you can, my bad. So yeah, so I guess, okay, exclude that then. It's still the thing that there feels like there's more setup with diamonds. And I feel like with red seven, I can just pull out and say, let me show you a game real quick. As opposed to, okay, everybody let's get out the diamonds. Here's your little shield. And here's everybody gets three diamonds or four diamonds, diamonds. whatever to start with. And and you do, you do. I guess that's the, the, I guess in the teaching side of the diamonds. Yeah. Okay. And when you take a trick, you get to do the action. If you play off suit, then you do the action. So yeah, I can see that, that, that that's a little bit more complicated. I'm with you there. So, but either one, Hey, teach his own. But once again, it's a card game. It's not like ticket to ride where you could have brought that out as the gateway game or whatever what game in 2014 
board game brought that. Ooh, as far as like a uh, good gateway. Oh, dude, now you're putting me on the spot, so I'm going to let you go first because obviously you thought about it. No, I haven't. I got no clue. The only thing I can think of is, um, okay, and that pause was for effect. I cannot, I can't, I can't, I can't think of a game I played in 2014, and I'm sure we'll get rid up for this, but um, just jumped out at me. You know, that like I said, what is it? What game would I bring from 2014 out to, to play with everyone? To say, here's a gateway game from 2014. Was there so much? Is, is there, was there so much in 2014 that I completely missed it? No, I'm looking over the list right now. I, everything that I, I would consider like an entry-level thing, I don't know if you call it a, a board game. Hanabi, I forgot. That's another very good card game to teach people. Hanabi was 2014? Really? Maybe not. Okay, I can't see a board game. Okay, nope, that was last year. <laughs> no, I don't really see anything that jumps out at me that I've played over 2014 that I say, okay, here's what I'm going to use now to introduce people to gaming. It was card games. No, I really don't have anything. Uh, exactly. I'm sitting here thinking, what what was it that I would bring out? And, you know, Marvel Dice Masters. No, I wouldn't do that. What game? And maybe that's where we need our, our listeners to help us out. Uh, Imperial Settlers. Would you bring that one out? Five no. Tribes, which we know how you feel no. about Five Tribes, Istanbul, Castles of the Mad King Ludwig, if they've played Alhambra. I- well, not not as entry-level games. No, I wouldn't do any of those. All right. King of New York? Possibly. Yeah, that's that's easy enough you can uh, teach somebody. Oh, how about Alchemist? No. No. <laughs> Panamax? Okay, now you're just being silly. I'm trying to be. <laughs> we we haven't we haven't played um cold express so i can't speak to that all right so here's the deal what uh, game came out in 2014 everybody that is a good would you consider a good entry-level game because right now we're drawing blanks you think among the stars is easy to teach 2011 was when it came out it was a reprint oh that's right i was thinking about what came into the u.s market last year what is a good recent gateway board game board game not card game or party game that's a good one. All right, so here we go. So uh, looking over my list, what did you think was one of the more innovative games of 2014? Hmm. I'll let you think on that. Mine was by far Tragedy Looper. I mean, this wasn't even like I need to think about this. And Tragedy Looper is also going to be one of those games that I haven't bought. And it's not like I'm dying to get it to the table because I can think that if you play that game enough, it might kind of lose its appeal after a while because of just how the mechanics work. But Tragedy Looper is definitely the most inventive game I've played of 2014, and in fact, in, in quite a while. When you first hear it, it's like, okay, you play a game, you're playing through a story, and then you base something will happen, and you have to reset the game and go back to, you know, it's like going back in time and playing through it again, trying to figure out what happened. That just appealed to me right off the bat. And then when I saw mechanically how it worked, I went, that's just brilliant. I don't have one because I, uh, I think I missed it. I, I didn't get to play Tragedy Looper. I, I really don't have one to be able to speak to that. I think the game that caught me off by surprise more than anything as far as much as what I would like was Arcadia Quest. That one surprised me on how much I enjoyed that. That is a, that is a good game. I just wish it wasn't so expensive. Right. Dead of Winter, I was surprised at how much I would enjoy that. I was like, oh, just another co-op. It's going to be like Robinson. So so what did you consider your best co-op of 2014? I'd be Dead of Winter. Mm, okay. I didn't throw Dead of Winter in the co-op because of the potential trader mechanic. Mm-hmm. So I threw out. I, so I, when I was just thinking, I was thinking like overall there can be no trader mechanic. You must all work together. And for me, it was sh- um, uh, Shadowrun Crossfire. Oh yeah, I forgot about Shadowrun. And that's one of those games that I need to play more, and I want to play more. In fact, uh, Catalyst Game Labs right now is doing this contest where they ask players or gamers to come up with ideas for missions. 
and and now they've put those missions out there for people to vote on. They're going to use those in future expansions. And I read over some of them, and some of those missions are just great. They just look like a really so so the core mechanic of the game doesn't change, but the mission totally changes how you play that game. Oh, and cool. if you, if you if you read over some of the missions, it's like oh that's a really great idea. The little things that just happen as you play. So uh, that's one of those games that I want to play more. And unfortunately, with these games where it's like, hey, let's get this group together and play. We'll level up our characters. We have such a tough time getting the same people together to play consistently these types of games. I just don't know how to solve that. I don't think you can. And I think that's a challenge for everybody unless you have a really strong gaming group that you know isn't constantly being pulled everywhere. So I think that's one of those games where you got to think, how about, how about the family? How about the family and the neighbors, you know? Who can who who can not travel as far and, and get there, you know? Yeah. Did you have any big Euro games that you that you liked from twenty fourteen? Euro games, Euro games. What? Oh, what so for me, my um favorite light to medium weight Euro game was Imperial Settlers. Wasn't it wasn't even uh, close. That once I played that game, I thought that that feels that's exactly what I'm looking for. I've mentioned several times on this show how I'm into the more lightweight Euro games. Uh, not that I don't enjoy the heavy, but lightweight meaning I can get to the table and play easily and teach into an hour, hour and a half, as opposed to maybe a heavier one that makes takes two to three hours. And that's why in the early in the year when I got the reprint of uh, Vikings that Z Man put out, I just fell in love with it because it felt that. Oh, I have an itch to play a Euro. We can play in an hour, then we're done. Easy setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imperial Settlers is the same way. Easy setup. You shuffle cards, you deal, you start playing. And I just I just kind of dig that. Oh, by the way. Squirrel! Ignacy uh, listened to our last episode where we reviewed Imperial Settlers. He said I cheated. Well, how did you cheat? Something about the point system. And yeah, I agree with you. Imperial Settlers probably a good Euro game I would do for 2014 yeah yeah so you know that really awesome mechanic I had where I had this card out where every time I scored a victory point I got a victory point yes you, you remember how you said your one dig on this game was you couldn't read the stuff on the cards because the font was so small yes I misread a two for a one I should have got one victory point for every two victory points not one for one how could you miss that because the two looked like a one with my 40-plus-year-old eyes. So the card actually says for every two victory points you score, you get one? Yes. But you had two of those cards out. Yeah, so it, regardless, I was getting double the points of what I should have. Okay, asterisk. Oh, big-time asterisk. So I just okay. so I told him, I said, I will get on the show. I will apologize to you and everybody else I played with. I didn't have this awesome scoring mechanism working. It was semi-awesome. I just kind of... Over, uh, misread it and um, sorry to Ignacy for again just really messing up I just keep messing up that game don't I? I look at the back of the cards I don't recognize how the cards are different on the front I just just totally butchering that game for him so I'm, I'm sorry but Ignacy. you love playing it I love playing it and you know what and I will I will make it up to him if he sends me a copy of the expansion why can't we be friends is that how that works? Yeah, I apologize. Works. I apologize. So give me so something. So send me something. Yeah. So I can <laughs> screw that up too. Uh, so anyway. Okay. Well, well, good. So I'm glad to know that I wasn't being beaten that badly, but I will be still sitting there playing barbarians. I'm not giving up. I'm just <laughs> playing it wrong. I just need to go through and read. That's, but see, Marty, that's one thing about those types of games. Great games, but if you don't, 
if you don't do your your um, reconnaissance on the cards, you don't know what you're missing in there. You don't know what cards you need because one of the mechanics is you know getting cards, and you know use two workers and get a card if I remember correctly. Correct. You need to know which ones you want to work for, and you need to know the engine that works best for that. And that's one of those things where time and time again, playing that game, you find that out. And can you get to those cards? So you know that's that's just how that is. Sure. No, I, I agree. And then probably uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was a heavy Euro game that came out this past year that was my favorite, and by far it's, it's Kanban. By far. It's just one of those games that when I first read about, I thought, man, this is going to be deep. This is going to take forever to learn. And then once you got into the game, it's like, okay, it's a deep game, but it's not as confusing and as hard to learn as I thought it would be. And all this kind of makes sense. It just clicked for me. So my heavy Euro for last year definitely was Kanban. Okay. Well, I didn't get to play it. So, okay. (laughs) Did you even play any new year heavy Euros from last year? Other than Imperial, because you got it, I don't think I did. I don't think I would call that heavy. I know. No, I don't. I don't think I did. I don't. I'm so sad. Like I said, 2014, it it was gone in a flash. Believe it or not, and I look back at what I did play, and I was happy with the amount. Like I said, you know, got to play all 160 plus games for me. That's great, and compared to previous years, and and yet it was nothing really, really new. It's sad, isn't it? It's so sad. So I hope, well, hopefully this year we're going to be going to hopefully some more conventions this year, which is also a great time to play games, uh, play new games that are, that are coming out and get, try those out. So hopefully our list will look a whole lot different, uh, this year. What bummed me out though, I played 90 different games last year. So I was 10 away from hundred. So my goal this year is to play a hundred different games. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Make sure you spend a lot of it. Make sure you talk it up so other people buy them so you can go play them. I don't even have to talk it up. These people just buy stuff all day long. I'm just amazed that uh, people like, hey, they'll, they'll post on social media. Look what I just got. And they show like an open box. There's like six or seven games in there. It's like, how do you have time to play all these? Wow. So 2015, play more games. Got it. Thanks, Will Wheaton. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. I didn't know he did that. Okay. Normally, Marty and I don't have a uh, do a lot of like Kickstarters. Um, we kind of backed away from that because, well, just there's too many Kickstarters. Yes, okay, there, there, too many Kickstarters. I agree with you. So anyway, but once in a while, there may be something that comes out or for a company that has produced over and over, and that you know you you're going to jump on. You're going to say, yeah, that this this game was good. This game was good. Once again, from the tiny epic small. Minds, no, that's wrong. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Holy cow! We're sorry, Scott and Michael. Yes, yes, sorry, Scott and Michael. Just messing with you there. Anyway, they've got a new Kickstarter out, Tiny Epic Galaxies, and Marty got the opportunity. Who's got a new Kickstarter out? S- Scott and Michael do. Yeah, from oh my gosh, <sighs> Gamelin Games and designer Scott Alms go. I know it was Gamelin Games. I was just trying. You know, make it personal for them, okay? <laughs> but everybody else is like, what are you talking about? Well, well go look, go here. Type Google, Tiny Epic Galaxy. Bam, Game One Games, okay? Kickstarter, bam, there you go. Goodness, man. You know, the internet is very powerful. People should use it for its good. So anyway, Marty got the opportunity to play that. So Marty, 
Yes. What's this one about? All right. So the first one, Tiny Epic Kingdoms, was a, like a micro. These whoa, are all whoa, considered. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't ask you what Tiny Epic Kingdoms was. I said, what's Tiny Epic Galaxies about? Well, I understand, but can I get to the point about what this one is? Jeez. So this is a so these are micro game series. So there's three of them: Kingdoms, Defenders, Galaxies. Kingdoms was a 4X style game. Defenders was a co-op game. And this. Here's the thing. I called this like a light Euro game, but others are calling this like a 4X game. So there may be some disagreement on what this is called, but the first two games were fantasy-based. This is sci-fi themed. So galaxies, haha. I mean, that was kind of obvious. It, you have your home galaxy, and it's now overpopulated, and you need to find a new place to live. Okay, now that's not original because like every sci-fi movie – over the past decade has something to do with our planets overpopulated. we got to find a new place to live regardless. So you need to build up a fleet of ships and go out to other planets and try to colonize those planets so that you can uh, take over those planets and give another planet for your people to live. So the goal of the game is to develop some resources, send uh, ships out to planets and try to colonize those planets and, and take them over for your own. Meanwhile, there are other people trying to do the exact same thing in the game and you are fighting over those exact same planets. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. All right. So it's not a mini 4X game then, is it? Here's why I didn't call it a 4X game. In the in Tiny Epic Kingdoms, you each had your own lands and then you try to move into other people's lands and areas and try to conquer them and you actually battled each other. So if you ended up in the same location as somebody else, you fought each other and if you won, you killed those other guys and you got to take over that area. The colonization track on the planets for galaxies is different. Now, once when you land on a planet, there's two things going on. You can land on the planet's surface and immediately take the action of that planet. Every planet has some sort of action that you can take on it. Maybe earn some extra resources or such. There are two types of resources, energy and culture. But also when you land on the planet, you could also land on the colonization track. And there's two different types of planets. There's an economic planet and a diplomacy planet. And then you try to move up that track in order to try to conquer that uh, planet. Now, there may be somebody else on the track, but you don't like fight them head to head. It's just a race. Whoever gets to the end of that colonization track first gets that planet. And the person who didn't get it, they don't lose that ship. It just goes back to their home galaxy to be used again. So that's why I said, I don't know that it's really 4X because I didn't see that as a type of combat. You just race and see who can get the planet first. So uh, that's kind of neat. So you're not having that battle. That's good. It's just how, however you can advance, advance whatever, however you convince the indigenous population to like you best, <laughs> right. then, then you get the planet. Then you've taken over and you're kicking out the other invaders. Right. I like that word indigenous. It's fun to say. Yes, indigenous. So, so you're trying to do that. You're trying to get that. So set up is quick because, once again, it's a tiny game. How about teaching it? Was was it pretty easy to teach? It's pretty easy to teach. And I think one thing that we need to cover real quick is the mechanics of, well, how do you even take actions on your turn? Because that seems to be pretty important. Who's doing the interview here? Why should I be asking myself questions? You should be asking these. I'm, I was getting there just like you were saying, you know, let you get a time to go through there. So I was just kind of curious, is it easy to teach? And what are the main <laughs> game mechanics? I know you had a prototype, therefore you don't know the actual components. Therefore you really can go to that i'm just curious i'm i'm asking like i would ask you should i buy this game it's in my way of doing things you don't need to tell me how to do things okay donna this interview is over fine <laughs> all right so anyway 
fine. What are the mechanics? Is there a particular mechanic you like? How do you get the indigenous people to like you? I thought maybe I, maybe I, maybe I spaced out and you told me already, like, that's fine. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. No, okay, so here's the deal. So one thing that kind of worried me about this game is that this game has dice. And it's a dice rolling game. I went, ah. Oh. When I think dice rolling game and I saw like a micro style game, I immediately felt push your luck. I thought that's what it was going to be, kind of mm-hmm. a push your luck. It is, it is nothing like that at all. So at the start of the game, you, you were awarded uh, um, a, couple, a couple energy, a couple uh, ships, a few ships, and a, a couple culture resources right off the bat. Plus a few dice that you can roll at the beginning of the game. And uh, what happens is, is each side of the die has an icon on it. And each icon represents a different action you can take on your turn. So you roll those dice and then you resolve those dice in whatever order you want and take those actions. Those actions include things like move, which is you can move your ship uh, to a planet surface or to a colonization track of a planet. You can, uh, one's an energy icon, which means you get an energy, one energy for every planet that you have a ship on. Each planet also can award energy or culture resources too. And there's a culture icon where if you're on a, a any number of whatever number of culture planets you're on, you're awarded that number of culture. There is a diplomacy, which means if you have a ship on a, on a diplomacy colonization track, you advance it by one. Then there is the uh, uh, economy, which is if you're on an economy planet, you advance the colonization uh, track by one there. And last is the culture token, which allows you to take an action. Once you uh, start colonizing these planets, you earn them and you take them off of the, the board in the middle and you put them underneath your galaxy. And like I said, at the bottom, there's an action of each one of those. So when you roll a culture token, you can actually take the action of that planet that you won. But also on your home galaxy, everybody starts out with the same culture action, which means to upgrade. So uh, on your galaxy, uh, galaxy there is a cost to upgrade there's different levels and to uh, move up in levels you pay an, an x number of uh, culture or energy the higher you go in levels the more it costs to get there and when you move up that track you're awarded more victory points additional dice to roll each turn and can earn bonus ships so that's how the whole action mechanic works roll dice and you resolve those now one thing that scared me is like well okay that's just luck of the roll except they put in a couple mechanics that remove some of the luck of the dice rolls. Would you like me to tell you about those? Or do you have other questions before I move on? No, please go, go right ahead. I'm, I'm still with you. <laughs> All right. So one of the things is uh, you can, uh, anytime during your turn, number one, I forgot to mention this. After you roll, you get one free re-roll, which means that you can take any number of your dice and re-roll them. If, you're still not happy, you can spend an energy to re-roll. So as long as you have energy, you can keep re-rolling and trying to get what you want. All right, so that removes some of the luck away and, and hopefully trying to get what you need. The other thing is at any time, uh, one time per turn, you can take two of your unused dice that you've rolled but don't like what they are and put them on a card and take a third die and put it to any side that you want. So let's say, man, I really need the economy um, icon so that I can get to that last uh, track on the planet and earn that planet. You can turn in two dice, turn one other die to the economy, and, and take it. All right, so that starts moving away some of the luck. The last mechanic on how you can take additional actions 
on anybody else's turn, if once they roll a dice and they take the action of the, the of a die, starting with the player to the left, everybody has the opportunity to spend one culture resource to follow or copy the action they just took. Like eminent domain. Exactly. Okay. So so that keeps you in the entire round. So it's not like you just fold your arms and wait till it comes back to you. Let's say uh, you're in a race with somebody else to to try to win a planet on the colonization track. Dear, out of your turn, you can use somebody else's um, action uh, to follow and and actually try to take over a planet when it's not even your turn. Mm. Okay. So because of that, that means there's not really it's not a push your luck at all. The, the dice rolls aren't, aren't that big of a deal because there's so many ways that you can get to do what you need to do. The trick is uh-huh. the combos. The trick is doing all these different combos together and, and making like a small little engine on your turn. It's like, hey, if I take over this planet and save my cultural icon for later, I can take over that planet, use the culture icon, take the action of that one that I just took, which gives me bonus energy, which allows me to use the next culture icon to upgrade my galaxy, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can build all these little mechanics together. So you gotta keep track of all that stuff. No, it's not. It's not hard at all. So what you do is um, on on your card. There's um, as you use dice. There's a spent dice area. After you use it, you you lock them into place so you won't forget. So you know where you're at. Okay, interesting. Okay. So how long does it take to play? It probably takes. It took us maybe thirty minutes, maybe forty five minutes if you're playing for the first time. It's a quick game. So the whole goal is to earn victory points. Every planet that you get is worth a certain number of victory points. And also as you upgrade your galaxy, you earn additional victory points. The first person to twenty one victory points triggers the end game and then you take uh you finish going around, everybody gets their last turn until it, once it gets to the first player of the game is over, the person with the most victory points wins. It's a race. It's not a race for galaxies. It's, it's a not tiny the race epic. for a galaxy. No. <laughs> it's a tiny epic galaxies. Interesting. Okay, so you backed it. I know that. And um, what do you think is the, the selling point for you? It's it's totally different than the other two. I think they've done a really good job of making a game that feels different than Defenders and Kingdoms. Uh, that's why uh, a lot of people are saying this is 4x. I didn't. You somebody may convince me this is more 4x than Euro. I just said it was a light Euro because it feels like. It's about managing resources. It's about developing resources. It's about creating some sort of engine that allows you to meet a certain goal of getting the resources you need to gain victory points. It's a victory point based game. So lots of times, you know, you you tend to think, oh, Euro, you know, when you do that. So the fact that it feels totally different, the the theme is really cool. I like the sci-fi theme, which is different than the other two. So I I think that's it. It's just so different than the other two. You know, if it had been a clone of one of the others, I probably, if it would have been Tiny Epic Kingdoms or Defenders in Space, I probably wouldn't have cared because it would have felt like the same game with a different theme. But this is a different game with a different theme. So they're taking the general, the general mechanics and themes that are out there and they're applying it to their, their series. Yes. So game, so game on game. So can't wait to see what the next one is, but they got to get through this one first. And they're pretty good about meeting their Kickstarter deliveries, aren't they? Big time. Yeah, I think I think this is one of the the better companies when it comes to handling their Kickstarters. It started as of this recording. It started a couple of days ago. They funded. They were had a fifteen thousand dollar goal, and they funded that within the hour. And I think within the first twenty four hours, they had already broken a hundred thousand dollars. And in fact, they had already met all their stretch goals because I think it only went to a um, hundred thousand dollars. And as of right now, 
uh, one, two, three days beyond the start of the Kickstarter, it is at $161,000. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm taking in the numbers there. All right. So, so think about this. This is only a, the, the base game is only 16 bucks. Right. And they're already at $161,000. That's unreal. 5,000 backers. 5,000 backers. That is unreal. So I think it's safe to say that this game will, you know, I, yeah, I think it's you're, gonna, you'll get it. Yeah. Get out there. <laughs> it'll, it'll get out there. And, and if you do, uh, I mean, they're, they've got the print and play, you know, for that kind of stuff. Um, and then if you're, if you want to be an honorary producer, I know you didn't drop your 250, you can. So laser cut ships, you know, that's one of the bonuses, a new planet discovered at, so Twitter, if they get, we need to do that. I'm pretty sure we follow them. No, 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 no. We need, if we get number of followers, we need to come up with something cute. If we get 3,000 followers, we'll record in our underwear outside on 20-degree days. Okay, people will start unfollowing if we use that as an incentive. It's not like they can see us. (laughs) Oh, we'd take a snapshot of our... No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. Yeah, we we could. We could sit on lounge chairs and then just do a chest up, and we'd be recording our podcast when it's 25 degrees. We could do this. No, we can't. Okay, we can't? Okay. Everyone, I'm sorry. Please don't unfollow. We won't. We promise we won't do that. If we get to a thousand, three thousand followers, we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We threaten to do it unless we get to three thousand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> unless we can, no, <laughs> they'll be like, we don't care what you do, you idiots. If you want to go sit out in the cold and do a <laughs> podcast, go for it, fools, <laughs> <laughs> idiots. So yeah, wow. Unlocked everything here. Oh, they've added a new one, 160,000, a new super weapon, a new game mechanic. See, did, did they already have these sitting there that they were able to add these quick things? You makes you wonder sometimes, you know, when you look at these Kickstarters. Oh, look, here's a new stretch goal. Here's a new stretch goal. A new game. Well, how have you tested it, boys? Because somebody I know who did a little testing helped find a, a broken part of a game for you. Okay, can I take credit for something? <laughs> yeah, why not? So you know the the hole I said you can turn in two dice and turn it into a third? Mm-hmm. That came about because of an issue I found when I first got the game. I was fortunate they sent me this game kind of early, and so I was I was trying it out. And on my first roll, uh, I, I rolled however many dice you get, and I did a re-roll, and... And spent the energy to do rerolls. I got to a point to where the dice that I had, I couldn't do anything. I didn't have the money to upgrade. I needed to move. I did not get a move. And if I can't get a move, I can't really do anything because my all my ships start on my planet. So my only option is the culture icon, which allowed me to upgrade. And I didn't have enough uh, to do that or move. So I contacted him. I said, I actually ran into a situation where the first player might not have an action on their turn. Within one day, uh, Scott Alms came back and said, okay, we got an idea. We're going to create this thing called a converter. And if you look on the player card now for the uh, universe, their, uh, universe player card, there's a thing called a converter. That's where you can take two of your unused dice and make a third die any side that you want it. So that fixed the problem. See, look at you getting out there being a, being a positive influence. Now, what's the difference between deluxe and normal? Uh, the expansion? Yeah, you get an expansion. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Satellites and Super Weapons mini expansion. Dom, dom, dom. Yeah, which adds some super weapons and, uh, yeah, so some some other ga- additional gameplay aspects to it. The If you go out there and look at the uh, 
Kickstarter page. The the art looks great. I, you know, I was playing with the little black and white prototype cards that you can get on print and play. But the art looks great now. The uh, the the icons, the little rocket ships look nice. The dice look nice, and this is the upgraded dice now. So it's going to be really good quality opponents. Again, if you if you don't even care about the deluxe, you can get the base for sixteen, and you really can't go wrong with sixteen dollars. So we need to wrap this up, dude. You're the one running the interview. You too. Oh, like I said. Okay, well, then wrap it up. Okay, interview's over. No, s- seriously. <laughs> go, go take a look at it, guys, um, if you're interested in it. Um, it's Marty gave it his seal of approval or whatever he calls it. And, I mean, it's a new one from them. They've got more. We saw at BGG. They've got another one in the works that I'm excited about. Can't wait to see when that one's ready. But they got to get through this. I mean, it's got Richard Hamm here with a big thumbs up on their Kickstarter page. Can't go wrong when you got that on their page. Uh, no, that that's true. I saw some of his thing. He he really liked it too. Yeah. So so yeah. Normally we don't get all giddy about a, a Kickstarter, but you know, with, so far uh, everything they've brought out with, um, we've enjoyed playing here. I hate I miss Galaxies and Marty teaching it, but um, he kept telling me we can't play it with two players. You need it with more. You can play with two, can't you? Yeah, two to four. Yeah. Well, wh- well, then why did you say I can't play? Because I th- I think it's a better game if you play with more. But I could have still played it. You didn't have to hoard. You could have said, yeah, let's play it with two players. And said, no, we got to play it with four players. It's exactly what you told me. You were hoarding. Well, here's what I want to do now. I want to give it to you and play it with you. I know your group will be like, what kind of game is this without the art on it? But I want you to play it with your group and see what you think. I don't know if I want to. I'm hurt. I thought maybe it was just only four players. No. So, interview's over. Well, guys, that's it for the show. We're trying to live up to where our survey said and keep it under an hour and a half. Definitely trying to get back to that hour. So, Marty, when I was in Louisville at our gaming thing, um, one of the things that everybody who, okay, the one guy who does listen to the podcast said, make it shorter. And I said, well, we're, we're committed to that. We're going to get an hour. He says, no, make it shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? He's like, yeah, keep it short. You need 30 minutes. That's all you need. Like I can't. I'm not even moving in 30 minutes before then. You know, I gotta get the engine revved up, get to the 30 minute mark, just like now. You know, here we go. Boom. Yeah, it takes us 30 minutes just to get warmed up, just to get moving. Yeah. So he said, "No, keep it shorter." I said, "Okay, well, we'll see what we can do about that." So anyway, 2015, nothing's grabbed my attention yet. How about you? Has anything grabbed your attention that you're waiting for in 2015? Nothing's done that for me. I'm still reeling from 2014. Well, it's still early, but I know a couple games that um, are going to hit this year. I'm kind of excited about one is you're starting to see a lot of buzz for Spectre Ops uh, Mm -hmm. from that's being published by Plat Hat Games. And um, we got to I got to play that game at uh, BGG Con. I think that's going to be a fun I guess it's co-op game. One person is, you know, is the spy or whatever like that. But I think that's going to be a, a fun game, and I enjoyed it. So that's one thing I'm really interested in. They're really going to be start pushing that. The pre-order for that is available at Plat Hat Games, so go check that out. The other game is the another game I got to play at uh, BGG Con that I hope hits the U.S. shores this year, and that's Royals. Um, I mm-hmm. really du- really dug that game. The, again, I told you I like my light, medium weight Euros that plays pretty quick but still has some depth to it. That is it right there. So that's the other game I'm excited about. And I think 
there are so many games we don't even know about that's coming out in 2015 yeah. that's going to hit. And I'm sure the next few months, as we start heading towards Origins and Gen Con, we're going to start like getting little drops of hints and things we're going to see this summer. Now, one thing you're doing, you're playing a lot of online stuff. A little bit. So there's a, a online no, no, version. I'm not of, saying like, like doing board games online. I've, I've been seeing a lot of tweet stuff going back and forth, and that confuses me about stuff. Oh, oh so. you mean social media stuff. Yeah, you're you're oh. like doing like what is this thing Suzanne's doing with the with the twits? It's I don't even know what she's doing. Oh, it's concept. It's the uh, board game concept. Oh, uh, where you put little markers on a board and you try to figure. It's like, oh my gosh, uh, telestration. Like it's like telestrations yeah. without drawings. You're using existing icons to try to convey the the movie or book that you're trying to get across. And you try to figure out what it is. And that's what she's doing. And that's what she's doing. So she'll take a picture of the board and say, okay, what's the answer? I think it's a cute, little cute idea. Yeah, that's, that is cute. See, I, I missed the boat. I just see a picture of something that looks weird, and I go, yeah, whatever, okay. And that's one thing. I don't get the um, updates anymore. I got to figure out what happened there. So, eh, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. That's a shame. I know. I am so socially inept. It's unreal. So next episode, I, speaking of uh, Suzanne, I'm going to have a, uh, another segment for Chit Chat. We'll have uh, Rhiannon and Suzanne on. I don't know what we're talking about. Lots of times we don't know until we get on. They start talking and they tell us what we're going to talk about. Uh, that works for me. I'm liking that. It's less work on our side. So we got that going. <laughs> it, hey, it's all about us. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that base. No, I'm sorry. Earworm. My bad. All right. Well, you go have a wonderful Saturday. I know you got some work you got to get done. And I got to go battle with the fun cable satellite people see what's going to happen there um so that's going to be my video my game of the day and then hopefully hopefully i'll be able to get to play another game this weekend i'm really looking forward to it i don't know what yet but we'll see it's playoff weekend so i'm probably gonna watch a lot of football oh yeah yeah you you go you seattle seahawk fan yeah thanks suzanne yeah i really appreciate that was funny that was funny So, yeah, Marty, she put him in. She photoshopped him into a Seattle. I'm so glad I don't have my picture out there on the Internet like you do. Yeah, I realize now that maybe I should have just stuck with uh, with audio. Never should have gotten the video. There you go. Yeah, so uh, speaking of video, go definitely go check out our YouTube channel. Marty's got uh, the Mad Games out there. And um, also you did something for Tiny Epic Galaxies. I know that. And who knows what else you got do- going on over there, dude. When you're going to produce some content, I'm working on the mic. Remember, uh, one of our survey responses was you need to work on your audio, audio quality on your recordings, and that was directed, I know, towards me for, for video because you can't hardly hear me. Uh, or just get get a nice little new little camera that you can just plug in your existing mic into. Not going to do it. Not going to spend the money. Nope. Mm-mm. All right. So anyway, do us a favor. Keep rolling dice. And taking names. Thank you for listening to RDTN, sponsored by The Broken Token. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our guild on BGG. Like us on Facebook. Thanks, y'all. Well, there we go. We just wrapped up our first show of 2015. Yeah, we did, Marty. It wasn't half bad. No, in fact, it was all bad. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>